Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Attention type 2 diabetics. If you or a loved one has taken Invokana, Invokamet, or Invokamet XR or other inhibitors for type 2 diabetes and suffered amputation of the toes, feet, or legs, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA has warned that Invokana, Invokamet, or Invokamet XR and other inhibitors for type 2 diabetes cause an increased role in amputations of the toes, feet, and legs. If you or a loved one has taken Invokana, Invokamet, or Invokamet XR or other inhibitors for type 2 diabetes and suffered amputation of the toes, feet, or legs, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-475-4915. That's 800-475-4915. Again, 800-475-4915. Call now. This is an advertisement paid non-attorney spokesperson. www.injuryhelpdesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand, call Consolidated Credit now. They can consolidate your credit. Gotta turn my mic up there. We'll see if Josh picks the phone up. If okay. Guess we'll call him on the cell phone. Call him on the cell phone, as they say. He's got two numbers. He's got he's got that. He's got a Skype number. So, well, uh, we'll call him somewhere. We'll call him somewhere. He's somewhere, obviously. He's somewhere in the world. And I believe there's Josh. Josh, can you hear me? Hey, buddy. Yeah, listen, I've got about 5% of my battery left. If you want to wait 20 minutes for me to get back to my house. Hey, that's that fine. Day, yeah, I'll, I'll just call ready. you. I'll just call you in 20 minutes. 20 minutes, I'll be ready to go. Promise. All right, brother. Talk to you then. Okay. Later. Bye. So, we're going to go back to the ads. Rates and get you out of debt fast. Call Consolidated Credit now. 800-404-0907. 800-404-0907. That's 800-404-0907. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services Incorporated. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. 33313. Not a loan company. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM-19. Oregon DM-80031. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation Commission. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand, call Consolidated are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called 
a place for mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call a place for mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call a place for mom at 1-800-809-5785. A place for mom offers free one-on-one -on -one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call a place for mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-809-5785. That's 1-800-809-5785. You open the mailbox, reach in. It's your cell phone bill. It's time to stop the insanity right now. If you want better cellular service at a better price, then it's time you switch to Pure Talk USA. Kathy and Joe from Coral Springs, Florida did and are now saving $100 per month. That's because all of Pure Talk USA's plans include unlimited talk, text, and data at an incredibly low price. Pure Talk USA's customer service is located right here in the USA, and their chairman and CEO is a U.S. veteran. We're so confident that you'll love Pure Talk USA that we've included a one-month risk-free guarantee and 50% off your first month of service. Log on to puretalkusatv.com now. Enter the promo code DEALS three that's puretalkusatv.com enter the promo code deals three for unlimited talk text and data it's gotta be puretalkusatv.com promo code deals three this is your asc automotive professional pam oaks and it's time to learn a little bit about your auto here's a quick tip you may have had the vehicle battery checked before the winter winds hit last year but how is it surviving the frigid temperatures of 2018 notice a slower more labored startup Okay, I can't even fucking hear, so we're not even going <laughs> to fucking bother with any of that. Because I can't hear it, so it doesn't fucking matter. So, let's do this. I think we've got our next guest. Can you hear me? I can, Pete. Fantastic, fantastic. We have got our next guest joining us today here on the telephone. And uh, go ahead and uh, give us a brief introduction on yourself, my friend. So, I'm Jabril Mack creator of the cartoon The Weaklings. Uh, we're a YouTube show right now, and our show is about the days of the week. So um, it's the everyday life of every day. So our characters are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And they all have personalities based off how each day feels. So, of course, everyone loves Friday. He's the coolest guy. Saturday <laughs> is fun, exciting, and peppy. That's awesome. <laughs> and, of course, Monday, you know, no one really likes her. She's either too tired or she's too hyped up on coffee. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is yeah. awesome. It's a, it's a fun kid show, fun for the family, and I'm really excited to be working on it and get it out there for people. So I appreciate you having me on. So uh, how did this whole thing come together for you? Talk to me a little bit about that. So I've always been animating, right? Like I'm in my, I guess, officially now late 20s, and I've been animating since I was around, about 12. So I always liked watching cartoons, and I went to college. I went to USC majored in animation and then decided I got to get my own ideas out there. I want to make my own show. And instead of waiting for someone to give me permission to, I said, let's just do it. Let's put it on YouTube and let's see what happens. So we started the series last summer and we are now just about reaching 4 million views a month on our TikTok account. And on YouTube, we're growing to almost 50K subscribers. So we're growing. Kids are loving the show and I'm excited. 
We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live, uh, Jabral Mack of The Weaklings, and uh, he's with us today here on the telephone. So, uh, talk to me about your social media following. So, we're on YouTube, we're on TikTok, which is a brand new social media app. You know a lot about TikTok or not really? No, I, I, I know. have no about TikTok. Educate me on TikTok. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's, it's mostly for young kids. So we're on there posting videos every day because our show's about the days of the week, right? So the kids can go on and interact with the characters. We're posting funny videos, relatable stuff, and just something to get the kids laughing and into our show. And then once they're on TikTok, they come over to YouTube and watch our full episodes. We do an episode every month and it's really fun stuff. Like, Yesterday was April Fool's Day, right? Yeah. In our show, April Fool's Day is also a character. So the weaklings are characters, but then also every character is based on a holiday. So in our April Fool's Day episode, the weaklings were having a sleepover, and they started turning against each other once April Fool's Day came and crashed the party because he was going to prank the first person that's going to fall asleep. So no one wants to be the first person to fall asleep. We have got a great guest with us today. Jabral Mack joins us here on our broadcast. So um, talk to me a little bit about the idea behind uh, all of this. Why, why, why did you decide to put all this together? So in animation, you can really bring anything to life, right? You've seen Pixar bring a lamp to life. You've seen Pixar bring toys to life. So I thought, what would it be like to bring a day to life? Days have different feels, right? Like those can be turned into characters. And also, in college, I had a, 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 a dorm of people with different personalities, but we all managed to come together and really be, become strong, solid friends. So that, that strong, solid friendship is the core of the show, and that's what the kids are really into. It's seven best friends having fun adventures. Fantastic. So uh, talk to me about some of the feedback you've gotten on this so far. Really positive stuff. I'm excited. You know, as an artist, you never know what you're gonna what you're gonna get when you put something out there, right? Either you can spend your time working on it, especially in animation. It takes so long, you don't know. But again, we just launched our show in, I guess, last August, and we're growing so much. We're just getting tons of feedback from kids, from people from all over the world, and they're falling in love with the characters. What's one of my favorite things about it is that. One of the important things about the show was kind of being able to bring diversity to the screen in a way that's not as typical, that's not typical, right? So these people and these kids are interacting with characters based on different holidays and cultures, getting a little taste of, you know, what it's like to experience something like uh, quinceanera, but seeing it from a new way. So they're interacting and having a positive response to these different holidays that represent people in different cultures and that's just really great i'm, I'm really excited that that's one of the elements that has really been been well received fantastic jabral mack with us today he joins us here on our big broadcast and uh instagram uh tiktok you, you guys are you guys are doing some pretty cool stuff now with tiktok you can't really post really long uh, really long videos how are you guys using this as a, a marketing tool well so that's the best part you don't have to post long videos on TikTok and animation takes a very long time right yes so we can get straight to the point get straight to the funny 
super fast and not have to spend too much time animating. We can use those times to bring the, the actual clips from the actual episodes and make those really good. So the kids also really like to sing the characters. So we focus more on getting those personalities out there. We just did a video on Monday that was showcasing the different moods of Monday, pre-coffee and after the coffee, you know? So he wakes up, tired, looking rough, has that one sip, and is, and is ready to take on the day. Fantastic. Jabril back with us today. He joins us live. So uh, with, with animating and, and, and putting all this together, talk to me about that process. So animation, I don't know how much you know about it, but it's 24 drawings per second, right? So 24 drawings per second per character. So with seven characters and the main cast, seven times 20, I'm not good at math, but it's a lot of drawing is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> so the, before we start doing any animation, we write the script and then we storyboard it out. The storyboard for our show is like a blueprint for the artist to use to know what they're going to animate, and we can make sure everything is perfect, kind of like a comic book, in comic book form, and then we actually start the animation process. And of course, we record the voices before we animate so we can get the fun characters, personalities in there, and then we edit it together and put it online. It's fantastic. We have got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here in the broadcaster, Pearl Mac, with us. And, um... You scored 5 million views and the attention of Nickelodeon. Uh, Tell me a little bit about this. (laughs) That's one of the dreams, right? Putting your stuff out there on the Internet. You don't know who's watching. But it turns out that once the numbers start rising, people start watching it. So uh, I've been contacted by Nickelodeon Disney to come up with some new ideas that might be good for their platforms. You got Disney Plus, you got Disney Channel, you got Nickelodeon, you got Netflix. There's so much animation being made out there. It's great that there's opportunity for me to get keep getting my ideas out there. I mentioned diversity earlier because The Weaklings is, for me, my first step into creating stories with characters that you don't really see, right? So for me, my goal is to keep on making shows that have a diverse cast in there that are really, really funny. And, you know, I grew up as a black kid in the, in the suburbs. I don't really see a lot of me on screen. I want to get to a point where I can make a show that's about that, too, and still be funny and still be relatable and still have people laughing. Fantastic. Fantastic. We have got Jabril Mack of Weaklings with us today. He joins us live here in a broadcast. And um, so you launched the Weaklings uh, as a comedy series on YouTube and TikTok. Uh, you've gotten a lot of great feedback on this. Uh, talk to me about some of the different numbers that, that you're seeing on uh, some of the episodes and some of the posts. So with TikTok, our, our count gets. Four million, got four million views this past month alone, which might have something to do with the you know school being out and kids having a lot to a lot of, a lot more free time. Uh, we started out with zero followers last summer, and we just passed 200k. I guess a couple weeks ago, and I think right now I'm at, I think we might be at 220,000 followers on there. So each video we do can do a million views or anywhere, anywhere, any, any number, honestly. <laughs> it depends on how much the kids like what we're putting out there. 
So we're seeing a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of reactions. We're getting even more every day. Kids interacting and drawing the characters. We have a lot of music in our show, interacting with the songs, and just posting their own videos. So not only are we making the content, but now the the fans, the weekday warriors, as we call them are going on YouTube, watching our show, watching us on TikTok, and then making their own art inspired by the show. It is absolutely amazing. We have got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. Coast to coast, border to border, Jabral Mack of the Weaklings, and... uh, animating and putting all this together you have uh you've basically trailblazed a uh a, a pretty cool deal here uh i guess as we wrap up here what, what's next for you what's next we're, we're making more weeklies cartoons you can watch them every month on youtube if you go to youtube type in the weeklings cartoon type in the weeklings you'll find us and uh, we're always on tiktok every single day and while we're making the weaklings, I'm always still coming up with new ideas. So I have a couple of new shows I'm working on. Maybe a movie. Who knows? We'll see if we can make that happen. But if the numbers keep going up, the fans keep like what I'm doing, I'm definitely going to keep on making some, some great content for the whole family to enjoy. Fantastic. Well, you've got, you've got some really cool stuff here. You should be very proud of... Uh... Be very proud of what you're, what what you've accomplished, and uh, everything else here. So, uh, thanks for being with us, and I will Thank talk you. to you soon. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day, my friend. You too. Appreciate stay, it. Stay safe and healthy out here. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. There he goes, Jabral Mack. We're gonna take a time out. When we come back, we got more coming up. Heidi Summers, health and wellness expert with your local health update. I get so many emails and calls about CBD, the incredible oil from the hemp plant that's being used to provide relief to millions for joint discomfort, inflammation, and nagging injuries. It's the most talked about alternative health breakthrough in years. The CBD product I always recommend comes from CBD Labs, the gold standard of CBD. CBD Labs oil goes to work fast to relieve your discomfort and deliver the results one thought nearly impossible without a prescription. This powerful oil is not marijuana and contains no THC, the ingredient that gets you high. Oh yeah, CBD Labs oil has also been used to help thousands get a great night's sleep. Don't be fooled by all the imitators. Call now and find out how to get a free bottle while supplies last. To get your free bottle of CBD Labs CBD oil, call 800-893-6014. 800-893-6014. Get your free bottle for a limited time. Call now. 800-893-6014. And, of course, it's loud as shit. <laughs> I love Skype. Uh, Good afternoon. This is John Paul. There we show. are. Uh, John Paul, how are you, sir? It's James calling you for your radio interview. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Pretty good, actually. Uh, start us out here. Talk to us a little bit about your latest project. Well, latest project is uh, Remote Work for a Better World. And uh, what we what we did is uh, saw this all going down and decided that uh, the world needed to actually have a, an answer instead of a problem. So we we attacked it. 
Fantastic, fantastic. So uh, we have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast, Life on Lockdown, How to Thrive While Quarantined, John Paul Mendoka with us today. And uh, he spent four years in Las Vegas learning how to win and discovering how people really are, especially about money. And his experiences in remote work for 33 years afforded him the opportunity to be a pioneer in achieving results through technology. And uh, he joins us today here on our big broadcast so uh newly released remote work for a better world being productive engaged and sane in today's turbulent times talk to me about this well the, the point of the book is the fact that everybody can, can sit around and complain about it but let's go do something about it uh, we we started thinking about all of the as you put together a, a team of world-class individuals who have all experienced remote work in one way or another and said, can we give people the tools and techniques and capabilities so they can actually get something done instead of binge-watching and gaining about 10 to 15 pounds while they're sitting around doing nothing? <laughs> Check out the website, survivethequarantine.com. It is a uh, amazing website. He's got all sorts of things going on over there. So uh, th- this book, uh, talk to me a little bit about the, uh, the writing process for this book. So what, what I understood is that, is that I was in the process of launching my book, which I had the opportunity to talk to you guys about just a little bit ago. Yes. And uh, launched it on, on March the 17th. You talk about the worst headwinds I could launch anything in. And, uh, you know, I just call it like, like a whisper and a hurricane problem. Anyway, in the process of developing that launch plan, uh, sitting there with my co-author, my, my business partner, I said, you know, we got to get this, this book out about remote work. And brought together, uh, you know, nine time zones, three continents, five countries. We brought people together and said, how do we write this and get it done in two weeks? And we did it. Wow. In fact, we launched it on a, on a two-and-a-half-hour Zoom call, and I was sitting in a, in a parking lot uh, on a cell phone doing a, a Zoom call, and we recorded the whole thing and put together what I think is a good start for anybody who wants to figure out how to get out there and make this time productive. Fantastic. Fantastic. John Paul Mendoza with us today. He joins us live here on Skype Audio to discuss his incredible, incredible book. So uh, what do you want readers to take away from your writing of this great book? Well, what I want them to do is understand that, first off, you don't need to be isolated. You don't need to be unproductive. And more importantly, that this isn't just a drill, right? Life is no rehearsal. This is it. And that means that we've got to understand that when we get through with this on the other side, I believe this isn't a deflection. Deflection is, you know, we go in a different direction and it snaps back. I think this is an inflection. We're going to see more remote work than ever before because there's three reasons why remote work is going to become more and more dominant. And if you don't understand how to do it well, you're going to be left behind. It is a uh, amazing time we live in. We have got a, a great guest with us today, and uh, w- with this book, uh, w- what what is what is some of your goals for this book? Well, one of my goals for the book is is to make sure that that, that you that your listeners, everyone, understands that we can do things today that we couldn't do five or ten years ago. If this had happened ten or fifteen years ago, we'd have a whole different mindset. Today, though, using a service like Zoom, using the discussions and the insights that we provide, 
you can literally do meaningful work. You can actually work with people anywhere on the planet. You can go out there and get your message out. More importantly, we even talk about, think about this. We talk about how to interview people for a job, and we teach you how to, how to be interviewed for a job via Zoom. And that alone will give you at least something to do while you're sitting here going, well, wait a second, I don't know if I'm going to have a job at the other side. Well, hone those skills. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, what's been some feedback you've gotten on the book so far with, with well, as far as positive reviews, negative reviews, things like that? Well, you know, the unexpected one is, is, is always fascinating. Just released the book on Amazon, and it's by the way, it's ninety nine cents. We tried to make it so everybody gets cheaper than going to Starbucks. And what what first review we got? Seventy eight year old grandmother, Pennsylvania. She goes, "This book gave me the confidence." I got on Zoom. I started working through this thing. She reached out and connected with us via our website. We've talked to her. Here's the thing: seventy eight. She got all of her senior friends together. They're doing Bible study via Zoom. She's now connecting with her grandchildren. She's now working to have, you know, family gatherings. Reached out and told her her pastor, you know what, we don't have to shut down. We can go use this. That was an unexpected piece of feedback that we never thought we'd get. Fantastic stuff. Now, uh, t- talk to me about the uh, the writing process. You mentioned you, you brought all these people together, and uh, you, you tried to get this book done as quick as humanly possible. Everybody everybody got a piece that they had to do and, and started writing, but we had to try to turn it into one voice to the best of our ability, and we gave ourselves a two-week deadline. And in two weeks, we assembled well over 100 pages, so it's not a pamphlet, lots of pamphlets on Amazon, but it's a real book. And what we did is we, we sat down and, and we actually did a read-through, just as if your readers were going to see it. We did a read-through, five and a half hours on Zoom. Again, everybody attended, all those time zones, all those countries. And then what we did is we spent another day and a half and we launched it. So in essence, in less than three weeks, we got a book from Inception to finished and then worked at getting it up onto Amazon. That was probably one of the toughest hurdles getting it on Amazon because we wanted to talk about a coronavirus on the cover and Amazon said, No, that's a bad thing to talk about. <laughs> so we had to decide on how to get it up there, you know? Well and and yeah, there's there's all sorts of <laughs> All sorts of things that could be said with that, but uh, this book—you—you uh, you, you put a lot of time and effort into this. Uh, talk to me about some of the different people that helped you with this book. So, one of our co-authors is a, is a gentleman by the name of Tom Malosh. Tom has uh, expertise in uh, Facebook advertising, but not only that, he has worked to uh, train people in a certain type of programming called Agile. And he has worked with, of the Fortune 5, not 500, 5, he's worked with two of those. Um, and he's been doing really remote work for about 15, 20 years. So he brought his expertise, but also how to make it a better experience. We want the technology, we want to get everybody so good that the technology fades into the background, that it's really the communications, just like you and I are having right now. We'd have the same conversation if we were sitting there, you know, and there's a, there's a bowl of pretzels and a couple of beers, we'd be having this conversation. But we want to have that same kind of feel when you're, when you're doing a remote meeting. 
It is a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here in a broadcast. Well, I, I remember years and years ago uh, when I when I built uh, built this radio studio essentially out of you know parts that I gathered together, and I had all sorts of people you know making fun of me and mocking me and everything. And I'm like, and I look at the radio industry now, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. I win in the end, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing here with you guys. Uh, you guys have come up with all sorts of things here that, uh, you know, people are having to get used to the new normal, essentially. Well, right. And what I don't want them to have to go through is that, you know, I moved out of a corporate office many years ago and started doing just like you did. I built a space in my house. So my commute when I'm home is 16 steps. So all I really need is a strong cup of coffee and I can make the distance. That's all I need. Now, the important part about it is that is that I don't want people to go through that same kind of learning curve and those kinds of challenges. And on top of it, we want to show them how to plan it. Here's a real quick, simple formula. We want you to think about what you're going to do before you have that virtual meeting, that remote meeting. Then we want you to have the meeting and get the best possible results. And then we want to show you what to do after you've had it. See, the, the, the centerpiece, which is the meeting, is where most of the technology people focus. But really, it's the planning ahead of time and then what you're going to do after it and how vital and important that is and what you can do with it, especially if your listeners are thinking, well, I'd like to get my message in and create content. Well, I can tell you we create content every single day by using these kinds of methods. Well, it definitely is a uh, is is a heck of a process. So, uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, where you see this book going. What 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 do you see people using this book for that that you never envisioned? Well, what I see is is that remote work is really a tip of a bigger iceberg. The iceberg is virtualization. I see that businesses are going to go to virtualize. I said before there are three positive things that happen from virtualization. Number one is if you own or run a business, you're gonna cut costs. Isn't that a good idea? The second thing is you're going to increase profitability. And the third thing is, and if you're interested in this, is that if you wanna reduce the greenhouse gases, you're into any of that, this is the fastest, best way to do it. You don't even have to plug in a, you know, and charge up your car. I mean, I don't need to worry about range anxiety. Like I said, I got 16 steps I gotta make. So it changes that mix, and really, here's the cherry on the Sunday because I know everybody likes a little cherry on the Sunday. Is this? You're going to change how you feel about yourself because you're going when you're working, you're working, but then you can then have some different experience and different downtime. Those who really get good at remote work don't have the anxiety and fear that they're sitting there in the office, that cubicle, going, "Uh oh, do I look busy enough? Uh oh, does anybody look, watch me? Uh oh," because the hardest thing is to even even just think. You know, I, I once had, I always had a person who sat there and he, and whenever he had a little bit of free time, he would read. And boss man comes to me and says, John, you gotta fire him. I said, why is that? He goes, it doesn't look like he's working. I said, okay, well, let me go get him, let me go get him a toy that he can spin or something so you can say, oh, he's doing something. Thinking is really working. Think is important. So what I hope it's gonna do is get us to virtualization, which is a very powerful concept. We have got a great guest with us today, uh, Survive the Quarantine, How to Thrive in the Post-Coronavirus Economy Through Remote Work, and uh, 
the author, one of the many authors, joins us today here in the broadcast. So spotlight some of the other folks that, that were involved in this and that, that you uh, consulted to, to put this whole thing together. Uh, one of them is, is very proud is my brother, Michael, and he is uh, he's the guy who tells people how to go out and get jobs. He's been in the recruiting business, looked at 65,000 resumes, and what he did is he went through and talked about how to interview somebody, if you're going to interview somebody who's a remote uh, in a remote location, and how to understand how to do that to do a better screening, and then also teach people how to uh, be interviewed so that way they can get a job. That's a real positive. Uh, another one is uh, is my my partner uh, Gabe Batista. Gabe has very close ties with uh, with Latin America. In fact, because of Gabe, we ended up bringing a young man, Fritz, who uh, 22 years old, is in Peru right now. He's in lockdown. Now, see, they got a different lockdown method than we have here in the states because if the police get you out on the street, they arrest you. You know, so he was able to come in and help us put together the book, and that and that's outstanding. And he was able to do that remotely like that uh so so that, those are some of the the, the folks that, that we had in this uh, in this project it's pretty amazing i appreciate you making time for us today thanks for coming on and uh i look forward to uh talking to you as we uh move down the line with this whole thing always great always a pleasure thanks for having me back on and wish great success to all your listeners definitely thank you, thank you my friend i'll talk to you soon have yourself a wonderful day thank you brother There he goes, John Paul Mendoka. It's Heidi Summers, health and wellness expert with your local health update. I get so many emails and calls about CBD, the incredible oil from the hemp plant that's being used to provide relief to millions for joint discomfort, inflammation, and nagging injuries. It's the most talked about alternative health breakthrough in years. The CBD product I always recommend comes from CBD Labs, the gold standard of CBD. CBD Labs oil goes to work fast to relieve your discomfort and deliver the results one thought nearly impossible without a prescription. This powerful oil is not marijuana and contains no THC, the ingredient that gets you high. Oh yeah, CBD Labs oil has also been used to help thousands get a great night's sleep. Don't be fooled by all the imitators. Call now and find out how to get a free bottle while supplies last. To get your free bottle of CBD Labs CBD oil, call 800-893-6014. 800-893-6014. Get your free bottle for a limited time. Call now. 800-893-6014. 800-893-6014. Attention type 2 diabetics. If you or a loved one has taken Invokana, Invokamet, or Invokamet XR or other inhibitors for type 2 diabetes and suffered amputation of the toes, feet, or legs, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA has warned that Invokana, Invokamet, or Invokamet XR and other inhibitors for type 2 diabetes cause an increased role in amputations of the toes, feet, and legs. If you or a loved one has taken Invokana, Invokamet, or Invokamet XR or other 
other inhibitors for type 2 diabetes and suffered amputation of the toes, feet, or legs, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-475-4915. That's 800-475-4915. Again, 800-475-4915. Call now. This is an advertisement paid non-attorney spokesperson. www.injuryhelpdesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand, call Consolidated Credit now. They can consolidate your debts, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. Call Consolidated Credit now. 800-404-0907. 800-404-0907. That's 800-404-0907. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services Incorporated. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. 33313. Not a loan company. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM19. Oregon DM80031. Licensed by Virginia State Corporation Commission DC32. A great new marketing partner with us today here on Transmedia Worldwide. It's kind of like a coronavirus COVID-19 update. And uh, before we get back into the big broadcast, we have got a great new marketing partner I want to tell you about today here at Transmedia Worldwide. You can find these folks. They are absolutely phenomenal. Wigwomen.com. Check out wigwomen.com. They sell a wide variety and a wide range of hair products from the human, Brazilian, and Malaysian hairs, wigs, along with mink eyelashes and beauty products. It's absolutely available over there at wigwomen.com. That's W-I-G-W-O-M-E-N.com. Wigwomen.com. These folks are making things happen. Go over and check out wigwomen.com. For the people in the cheap seats in the back, it's wigwomen.com. And tell them... You heard about it here. Transmedia. Worldwide. Okay, now that we got the ad out of the way. (laughs) I can go to our next guest who is going to join us here on the telephone or here on Skype, whichever. And I believe there's Dean. How are you, sir? It's James giving you a call for your radio interview. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good, actually. Uh, I am very inter- interested in chatting with you today because uh, this book, The Hidden Nazi, The Untold Story of America's Deal with the Devil, is an absolutely amazing read. Tell me a little bit about this book. Um, can, can we go to my inline phone? Can I give you that number? Um, mobile phone. Okay. Well, I've only got this number, so... Um, I guess give me that number. Well, I'll I'll dial you back. Well, if the connection's good, we can. Do it oh, now. the connection's fine. You you sound fine. You sound okay, well. Let's do it. You found let's you sound in very good here. Um, we have got Dean Router with us today. He's the author of the Hidden Nazi: The Untold Story of America's Deal with the Devil. He's with us today here on Skype Audio. So tell us about this book. Well, James, it's great to be with you, first of all. Um, this is a book I'm extremely proud of. It's available everywhere now. Uh, of course, you can't go to a bookstore anymore. You've got to buy it online. Uh, but it is the tale of a Nazi SS general. Nobody's ever heard of him. He's uh, all-powerful, all-evil, yet nobody's written about him because, allegedly, at the end of the war, uh, he walked off into the woods and committed suicide. But wow. our research... Our research indicates conventional history is completely wrong when it comes to this guy. Well, I'll tell you, there, there's there's a lot, it's <laughs> a lot of things about uh, history with the Nazis and and some of these folks. Uh, I know that uh, 
everybody seems to seems to have bought the uh, the, the 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 fairy tale that uh, well you know Hitler uh, died you know in, in in the bunker and then about I don't know if it was about two three years ago the CIA released a bunch of documents that said eh, now he went to Brazil <laughs> so. Oh- uh, has been rewritten. Uh, talk to us about this, this this hidden Nazi here. Well, his name is Hans Kammler. He's an Obergruppenführer, which is the highest rank you could achieve as a commissioned officer in the SS. Uh, so he was among the elite, the worst of the worst. Uh, indeed, uh, he was the guy who I believed helped make the Holocaust possible. And we document this in the book, The Hidden Nazi. Uh, he's the one who identified Auschwitz as the killing camp then uh, put the gas chambers and the ovens in, designed everything to be as efficient as possible. He is a killing machine. Uh, He even toured uh, the eastern countries as Germany was waging war uh, and studied various methods of mass death uh, to to arrive at what he thought was the most efficient. Um, That's how determined he was to kill as many people as possible. So he's, he's that bad. Uh, then get involved in Germany's slave labor trade. But by the end of the war, he's in charge of all of Germany's secret weapons, including their nuclear research, everything to do with radar and explosives, um, but also nylons, synthetic rubbers, and also the vengeance weapons, the, the V-1 and V-2 rockets that everyone was coveting. And, wow. uh, you know, as the, war, as the war was ending, everybody knew Germany was going to lose the war, and everybody wanted access to this technology, and Hans Kammler was the guy who had the technology. Fantastic. We have got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. Take, take me through, Dean, take me through the, uh, the writing process for this book. How would you bring this book to life? Well, that's a great question. I, it's it's nonfiction. It's straight fact history, um, but I wrote it in the first person because I wanted to tell a story of my two co-authors and researchers who brought this project to me. You know, I'm a typical skeptical, straight-laced lawyer, um, very skeptical by training, and a guy I've known since college brought this project to me. He wanted me to write an agreement so he could share his research with the other guy who's on the cover of the book. Um, And I did that collaboration agreement, but then they started feeding me bits and pieces of this story about this all-powerful, all-evil general. I thought, there's no way this can be true. There's no way that somebody so powerful um, cut a deal, and so evil cut a deal with the United States, and nobody's known about it for 75 years. (laughs) Uh, So I'm a little bit skeptical, but they kept feeding me more and more documents and, and convinced me. Why why is it that uh, you know they 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 the Nazis were were you know what they were and like you bring up in this book you know we've 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 done revisionist history and guys cutting deals and all these things what 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 why is it taken so long for folks to learn the real truth about what really happened with the Nazis? Yeah, well, that that's a great question, James. First, I think first some of it's benign. It was just a lot of things going on all at once. Uh, hundreds of millions of people involved in this, and everybody's uh, you know to some extent uh, doing different activities. So it's just hard to track down. Uh, but secondly, and, and especially in the case with Kamler and other deals the United States did with other Nazis. 
as the war is ending, everybody starts to realize the Soviet Union is going to be the new enemy. They're going to be the existential threat. As bad as he was, Hitler, you know, never had a personal gripe against the United States. He envisioned a post-war United States. Uh, the Soviet Union, in contrast, is sort of incompatible with freedom and democracy. So as the war is ending, we start recruiting Nazis because they knew how to fight uh, uh, the Soviets. They knew their secrets. Uh, they had a, a network, uh, intelligence networks throughout Europe. So we started recruiting them, but it was this uncomfortable alliance where uh, we wanted the technology they had, we wanted the intelligence networks they had, but yet we didn't want to be openly associated with them because they had killed you know, millions and millions of people in a, in a genocide. Uh, so it, there was this terrible tension that, that uh, you know, the Americans tried to straddle a fence, essentially, and deal with the Nazis, but do it in a way that, that didn't splash a lot of dirt on themselves. It is a uh, fantastic, fantastic read. We have got a uh, great guest with us today. Dean Router joins us here in a broadcast, The Untold Story of America's Deal with the Devil. You will read about that in The Hidden Nazi, uh, The Hidden Nazi, available on Amazon. So w- what's been some feedback you've gotten on this book so far? Well, that's another good question. I mean, the book came out in October. I did a lot of book talks and book tours uh, initially, and I was running into people who hadn't read the book. They were fascinated by the story as I explained it to them. But more recently, I've been doing radio, but I also did uh, a show at the uh, book talk at the Pritzker Military Museum in Chicago and the Marine Memorial in San Francisco, and I'm running into people who've actually read the book, and it's been really well-received. I mean, people just love it. They say it reads like a thriller, like fiction, although it's true, it's well documented. Um, and, you know, it's getting, there's one review on Amazon that's not a five star review, but otherwise there are you know, 60, uh, over 60 now five star reviews on Amazon. So it's been very well received. It's gotten good reviews in, in, in papers, including um, the Washington Times and the Israeli uh, uh, Daily Press. So uh, it's being read internationally. It's very gratifying to have it out there and, and, and uh, to get such great feedback on it. That's awesome. That's awesome. We have got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. So what are some of your goals for this book? Well, initially, I just wanted to get out there. I wanted the story to get out there. I, I, I do think, you know, I have kids of my own. They're 26 and 24. And I think people of that generation, to them, the Holocaust, the World War II, was something of an abstraction. When I was growing up, I'm 59. Uh, you know, you knew somebody who was in the war. You knew somebody who lost somebody in the Holocaust. It was yeah. a very personal story, and now it's sort of a textbook exercise. So, I really wanted to put some faces and names on the on the the victims, uh, but also on the perpetrators. So, we describe in the hidden Nazi Hans Kammler in great detail. But I also have some uh, survivors that I've been able to interview uh, and some heroes in this story. Um, so, I wanted to bring that to life for you know the coming generation um but i also wanted to unwind this story and bring this one despicable not general if, if not to legal justice at least to uh, some historical accounting um and now, as I've been traveling, uh, you know, not with the past couple of weeks, but uh, as I began to travel again, more and more people are saying, this this book ought to be turned into a movie. That ought to be a, a Netflix eight-part series. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this, this, this ought to be something. <laughs> they ought to do something with this. 
so I'm beginning to think I'm beginning to have that ambition for the project as well. But it's it's really good to have it in writing and have it available and have it so well received. Now, knowing you know all that we know uh, about the Nazis, whether whether it was you know back when it first happened or through unreleased documents or whatever, uh, do you think that there ever will be? Uh, something like the Nazis. I, I know that the, I know that the jihad, or the the all, all the guys over in the Middle East, they they really want to be Nazis, but they are like nothing compared to the Nazis. Uh, do you think that there ever will be anything like that, or is that just a one in a billion thing? Well, gosh, you hope not. Obviously, I mean, there was there there was a, a lot of sort of have a perfect storm that led to World War II and led to the rise of fascism. Uh, having said that, it's it, it, the ability of people to be cruel and even inhumane to one another uh, never ceases to amaze me. And a lot of people think that World War II happened and the Holocaust happened with only a few people involved. Most people didn't know what was happening in Germany and in in the east. Eastern European countries where all the concentration camps were. I, I came to a different conclusion after doing this research. You know, slave labor was so pervasive, so ubiquitous. Every factory was using it. Civilians were working alongside slaves that were enslaved and worked to death. So the, the knowledge of what was happening to these poor people is much broader than, I think, conventional history reports. So um, all of that points to the idea that maybe this could happen again. And you, you have to be mindful. Uh, I can tell you one thing that we learned and we documented in the book, in the Hidden Nazis, uh, Germany, as it knew it was losing the war, was making plans for a fourth Reich. Um, oh, really? Not not just making plans, but taking positive steps towards it. Yeah, and we document all that in the book. There's a 1953 CIA report, so eight years after the wars ended, a 1953 CIA report that reads like an alarm bell when it comes off to the Fourth Reich. They were, yeah, our CIA was, was terrified about the rise of a Fourth Reich back then. It never came to pass, but um, there's it's an interesting story, a little story, just a thread in, in the book. Wow. We have got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. And uh, so with this book and uh, putting this out there, uh, why is it that Nazis seem to be like really popular right now? (laughs) Because there's like this, there's this, uh, what is it? Amazon has, has a TV series where they're hunting down Nazis and all these things. Why are Nazis like, popular <laughs> well so that that's a great question i like to think that there is a fascination yes with with nazis and with the macabre and i mentioned in this book i wrote it in first person i mentioned that, that there's i have a little bit of that in me it's like it's a yeah. struggle really to find out what went wrong and how it went wrong and you know how a culture that was so advanced i'm talking yes. about 1930s germany yeah uh they were so advanced how, how could things have gone off the rails so quickly and so severely um so it's a study in human nature it's it's that sort of fascination there is a macabre element to it and Oh yeah, uh, you know you have to you have to be careful looking at these things not to fall into an abyss. Um, but um, I think, and it's also it's an era where you look back on it and you can see this is absolute evil. So you've got the perfect yes. sort of Hollywood, Hollywood yes. setup of good versus evil. You don't always get that, those such, such clear lines, and you get that in World War Two. 
we've got a great guest with us today. We've got another great guest coming up here in just a few moments. But uh, Dean Router with us today here in our broadcast. The Hidden Nazi, the untold story of America's deal with the devil. And uh, before we let you go, my friend, how do we find you online? Uh, pick up the book, be involved with you, everything. So you can reach me at DeanReuter at gmail.com. It's R-E-U-T-E-R at gmail.com. I'm happy to take questions and respond to people that way. Book is available, as you mentioned, on Amazon. It's also in bookstores when bookstores reopen. It's on Barnes & Noble and other online outlets. You can find it everywhere. And it's, I should mention it's available in hardback, but also Audible and on Kindle. So. Fantastic. In any format you want. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate the time, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Dean, have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day, and we will uh, talk to you down the road, my friend, because this this book is uh, definitely a uh, great piece of business. I appreciate it, my friend. Thanks for having me on, Jay. Definitely. Have yourself a wonderful day. There he goes, Dean Router. And uh, we are going to take a 60-second timeout. When we come back, we've got our next guest on the other side. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call a place for mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call a place for mom at 1-800-809-5785. A place for mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call a place for mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1 800 809 5785. That's 1 800 809 5785. We are back live here on our world-famous Chiggy Chegwire Radio broadcast. We are going to go to the telephones. We've got our next guest with us. And uh, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. It's good to be on. Yes, 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 yes. Well, give us a little bit of an introduction on yourself, my friend. Talk to us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you very much. My name is Alex McFarland, and this is my first time on the Jiggy Jaguar. Very honored to be a guest. We lead an organization called Truth for a New Generation. It's a Christian apologetics. Uh, we do uh, events, broadcasting, and publishing for the last 22 years have been all over America and North America talking to uh, people of all ages, but especially young people, really about uh, not only the evidence for Christianity, but really the moral theistic foundations of America. And basically we've been trying to introduce audiences to a relationship with Christ, but not only love of God, but love of this country. We have got a great guest with us today. Uh, Alex McFarland is with us. He joins us live here in a broadcast. You've been uh, all over Fox News and uh, all, all the various places. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, some, some of the reaction uh, that, that folks have been giving you. Well, thanks very much. You, you know, apologetics deals with the evidence for God and the Bible and Christianity and uh, that, that evidence, I believe, in, comes in a number of compelling forms, history and archaeology and logic, and uh, uh, for a lot of reasons, we've been talking to audiences 
about belief in God and truth. And, and part of, uh, if there is a, a silver lining to this otherwise dark cloud, this corona situation, and, and obviously we're sad for so many people being sick and what this has done to the economy and the lives of so many people, but if there is any good that can come out of this, I think it's uh, illustrated in the fact that at least 100 people a day are contacting uh, me via email and our offices saying, you know, um, I need God in my life. How do I get right with God? What is God trying to tell us? And, and I think it's going to take something this severe and this um, intrusive to really cause America to say, wait a minute, you know, we've been losing our morality. We've been drifting away from God, family, the bedrock things that have mattered throughout all of human history. We need to recover those. And and I honestly think only something as severe as all this could have sufficiently gotten our attention. Alex McFarlane with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast, and uh, he's going to do the first segment with us here on the telephone, then we're going to hang up with him, call him back, and bring in our other two uh, two co-hosts for the uh, second segment here. But uh, a- Alex, uh, tell me a little bit about your website, alexmcfarlane.com. Well, thanks very much. Yeah, it's just my name, alexmcfarlane.com. Uh, my my speaking calendar, which is moot right now, uh, that's a moot point. Generally, I would say, hey, wherever I'm going to be, you know, you can come out and see me because uh, I'm ordinarily in 175 cities a year to speak. But the books that I've written, um, articles that I've written, and media appearances, um, you know, all that you can follow on our website. Um, but, but let me say this. Here in America, I I love America. My dad was a veteran. I grew up in a very patriotic home. But what a lot of people don't realize is our nation, our judiciary, and our culture was built on belief and morality. Now, the Christian gospel that Christ died for our sins, I mean, that's an important message. But even prior to that, let's just talk about morals. Dr. King predicated the validity of the civil rights movement on the fact that morals exist. And in the last 30 years, with the, um, the push to try to legitimize abortion on demand, more recently, the push to redefine marriage and mainstream homosexuality and now transgenderism, we've abandoned natural law. You can call it morals, uh, objective truth. Jefferson called it self-evident truth. Uh, some of the other founders, like Washington, would refer to natural law. We have got to have the moral courage to tell kids, look, there are some boundaries that it's just reality. Doesn't mean I'm a hater, doesn't mean I'm phobic, but we can't deny reality. And we've got to recover belief in moral truth, i.e. natural law, or we're going to become anarchic, lawless, and we're going to lose our constitution. You are uh, completely correct on that, my friend. We have got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast, Alex McFarland. Check out alexmcfarland.com. And, uh, Alex, we're going to take a quick commercial break. I'm going to hang up with you, and I'm going to call you back uh, here in just a few moments. And uh, then we're going to get Don Mazzella and IQL Rizzoli in here. So, uh 
hold on, my friend. I'll be right back with you, okay? Health and wellness expert with your local health update. Thank you, Alex. I get so many emails and calls about CBD, the incredible oil from the hemp plant that's being used to provide relief to millions for joint discomfort, inflammation, and nagging injuries. It's the most talked about alternative health breakthrough in years. The CBD product I always recommend comes from CBD Labs, the gold standard of CBD. CBD Labs oil goes to work to relieve your discomfort and deliver the results one... Okay, we're going to do this. I am going to call our guest back. <laughs> I've got to get... Uh, I've got to get all his phone numbers and all of his... Well, we're just going to do this. Just do this. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-809-5785. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-809-5785. That's 1-800-809-5785. Open the mailbox. Reach in. It's your cell phone bill. It's time to stop the insanity right now. If you want better cellular service at a better price, then it's time you switch to Pure Talk USA. Kathy and Joe from Coral Springs, Florida did and are now saving $100 per month. That's because all of Pure Talk USA's plans include unlimited talk, text, and data at an incredibly low price. Pure Talk USA's customer service is located right here in the USA, and their chairman and CEO is a U.S. veteran. We're so confident that you'll love Pure Talk USA that we've included a one-month risk-free guarantee and 50% off your first month of service. Log on to puretalkusatv.com now. Enter the promo code DEALS Three. That's Pure Talk USA TV. We're gonna try this again. Let's see if I can get Alex McFarland. There we are. Okay, let me grab uh, Don Mazella and IQL Rizzoli, and we will get off and. Okay, running. is audio okay? Oh yeah, audio's fine. Yeah, because they're gonna do audio Great. too. I'm just, I'm just. Th- IQ has to call on Skype because he's wanted around the world. We'll just say by uh, by 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 some Muslim groups because he's not wow. very friendly to them. So <laughs> he always he always has to call it on Skype. So uh, <laughs> hey, by the way, your website is really cool. Well, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I like your website. Thank you. I uh, we have went through several revisions on that over the years so it 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 definitely is uh i am i am actually very proud of that finally (laughs) after all these after all these years but uh let's see here where is don there he is okay let's see if this will pull them up and then we will get back and going here all right maybe (laughs) 
<laughs> you, you, you never know. You never know. Where are you guys Well, I am in Kansas. Don is in New Jersey, and IQ is well. Hold on, man. IQ is everywhere. <laughs> we'll just we'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but we have we have got a great guest with us today he joins us live here in our broadcast alex mcfarland and uh alex is a uh, best-selling author he's also a uh a speaker um tell tell me and don and iq a, a little bit about your, your books and some of the things that you've done my friend well god bless you thank you uh for having me on it's great to be on with all of you and get to know you all. Uh, well, fundamentally, I'm an evangelist. Uh, my whole you know, passion in life is to tell people about Christ and how they can have a relationship with Jesus, who died on the cross, rose from the dead. You know, soon we'll be celebrating Palm Sunday and Holy Week and Easter, uh, the most important you know, goings-on in history, that the Son of God paid for the sin of humanity on the cross. But I, I'm a very unlikely preacher. I was I was a real introvert growing up in high school. I I actually went to summer school so that I could graduate high school rather than get up and give a speech in an English class I was in. And so uh, when people who knew me growing up, they'll you know hear me speak or something. They're like you know who are you and what have you done with Alex McFarland? Because I was not the guy that sought the limelight or a microphone or anything like that, but when I was in college, started going to a Bible study group, um, heard about Christ, asked the Lord to come into my life, and I became a believer, and I began to read a lot of books that introduced me to apologetics and the evidence for Christianity, and um, 30 years later, and uh, a few graduate degrees and research in libraries around the country and internationally, written books and um, I, I guess I guess it boils down to trying to not only touch the lives of people but influence the direction of the country by moral and biblical truth fantastic fantastic IQ what what what, what, what do you make of uh, make of our guests so far well he is concentrating on Christianity my forte is Islam yes and from there I don't know how we go <laughs> Don, yeah. jump, jump in there. Well, all I was going to um, say is, uh, the God knows in this country we need a little more, bit more Christianity and a little less, more cynicism. But that's just me. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I definitely, uh, you know, George Washington said that the future of the country depends on the Christian training of young people, and and you know it's interesting. This, this would be worthy of a conversation. Um, the First Amendment says that Congress will make no law regarding the establishment of religion. Uh, we, we get that. There's not going to be any one religion or denomination. But what is problematic is that in, in our lifetimes, that's been construed to mean the abolition of morality. And so whenever, like when I'll speak at a university or do Q&A, and we'll talk about marriage, you know, traditional marriage. People say, well, you can't impose your religion on others. But the recognition of moral truth, uh, recognition of even you know, human biology, gender, there are males and there are females. And 
uh, your gender cannot be changed. That's not enforcing religion on anybody. That's merely acknowledgement of, you know, undeniable natural law. So uh, the, the First Amendment's prohibition against the establishment of a national religion should not be construed to mean the abolition of morality. And that, that's kind of one of our talking points. You are, of course, right, obviously, because what you are dealing with politically correct people who have, who have absolutely no imagination whatsoever. Politically correct people are really deranged people. I mean, I don't, I never miss my words anyway. I hate to miss my words. They cannot understand there is a difference between an imposed religion and the belief in a belief system in a religion. They can't understand that. They removed God from every university and school. We should, this should never have been allowed. Just yeah. because 90, more than 90% of humanity believe in a God. Yes. So we have to submit to a 10%. I find that repulsive. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, my friend. Yeah, the politically correct people are delusional. They, they really are. Um, I, I was I was on a program a few years ago, well, on NPR, and, we, and I was asked to comment on Bruce Jenner, who wanted to become Caitlyn Jenner. And, uh, you know, I was reading a nursing journal that talked about over age 50, women are at risk for osteoporosis. And there was a, a liberal politically correct minister um, really debating me on this show, and he said that I was being hateful in insisting that Bruce Jenner could not become a female, Caitlyn Jenner. And I said, well, Bruce Jenner is an XY chromosome male. And uh, he said, no, you know, you're, you're being insensitive in your refusal to acknowledge him as Caitlyn. And I said, well, look, at, at that point, Bruce Jenner was, I believe, 58. I said, since he is north of 50, is he now one of the uh, 25% of women that's at risk for osteoporosis? Because if Bruce is indeed now Caitlyn, he needs more calcium, protein, and iron. And what we do to cure osteoporosis in females, when every female turns 51, just have her identify as a male, and we've taken care of osteoporosis in females. And they, you know, they said, you're being hateful. But my, my point is, uh, you're right, my friend. The politically correct people are, are not in touch with reality. And we're letting the, the, the small, delusional minority really control and and be a detriment to the 95 percent majority that is actually humble and honest enough to acknowledge truth thank you i'm on to that well how do you like the idea that we can't refer to it as a chinese virus because that's politically incorrect i like that one we can call it ebola but we can't call it a chinese well, I, I believe um, politically correct, liberal, progressive, Democrats, they go by many names. This is where their um, lack of honesty and truthfulness, frankly, lack of moral courage, costs people their, their life. And l let me say this, and, and look, I love people. I do. I love people. And I love the freedoms that our Constitution ostensibly guards for all people. But um, for lack of a better word, let's just use the word Democrat. The people that are the politically correct, globalist, hyper-inclusivist, 
whatever you want to say. Um, these are people fundamentally with character flaws because people that are selectively truthful are untruthful. People that are selectively tolerant are intolerant. And so it is the Chinese virus. It came, uh, China's, uh, whether this is uh, human-engineered bioterrorism, and it very well may be, or whether it's just out of the, the wet markets of, of China, uh, and then the problem escalated and the numbers were fudged. Look, China is not a trustworthy global citizen. Uh, China is bent on world domination. They they do not have an objective Judeo-Christian moral code like the rest of us. And so these Democrats that really do not have the moral courage, the fortitude, the backbone to say Chinese virus, and they want to nuance this while people are dying, uh, may God help them, and may God deliver the rest of us from their moral vacuousness. Alex, I hope you never, ever apologize to anything you say. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Well, I mean it, because when you apologize to leftists, you hurt, hurt yourself twice. First, you humble yourself in front of people who do not appreciate it, and after you apologize, they will attack you more. <laughs> so never, ever apologize for telling the truth. Always, well, thank always you. be on the attack. I deal well, with let, Islam. Let, I deal with Islam, and they call, me, they call me a terrorist. Uh, they call me uh, xenophobic. They call me Islamophobic. But it, all the, these things don't matter to me. I deal with the truth. And if anybody can prove me wrong, I have one and a half million dollars worth of challenges. It's on the internet for any human being to prove anything I say wrong. Twelve years later, I haven't lost a dime. Why do you think so? Well, the, the truth has a certain tenacity about it, doesn't it? And it's, you'll never lose. Because the truth is divine. The truth. Every truth is divine. It's eternal, and it is powerful. It is divine. There's no question in my mind. You speak about Jesus, and as far as you're concerned, it is the truth. Now, that is eternal, and that is indisputable. Amen. Great. That's great. Now, uh, 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 can I jump in here? No, uh, jump in. You, um, uh, I don't know whether to call you reverend, doctor, or uh, just uh, what. Just but I guess uh, I'll go to a, a, a different uh, point and just ask the question. Why do you think um, uh, attendance at, at uh, churches and synagogues has gone down in America, and how can we reverse it? Uh, great question. There was a book some 30 years ago by a man named John Warwick Montgomery, a very uh, renowned scholar in his day, but it was called The Suicide of Liberal Christianity. And, you know, liberal Christianity, that uh, how it really took a hold in America during the early and mid-20th century is an interesting story. But uh, I really think the seeds of church um, decline were planted probably 40, 50 years ago. Um, after World War II, 
Christianity in America kind of diverged in two paths. There was the evangelical voice of Billy Graham, repent and be born again, and that that was great. But in so many of the suburban churches, there was more of what was called the social gospel. And while Billy Graham was kind of the figurehead of the evangelical gospel, believe in Jesus and be saved because there's heaven and there's hell, um, in the social gospel, some of the figureheads were more people like Norman Vincent Peale and um, the uh, Crystal Cathedral out in California. Um, I, I can't remember that guy's name, but it, it was almost more of a self-help. Um, God exists to um, kind of be this grandfather in the sky and... Uh, you know, be a good, respectable, upright person, but these things of dogmatism about sin, repentance, hell, heaven, that that was not preached. Well, after 30, 40 years, I mean, here's the thing. Um, if there is no hell, why subject oneself to the rigors of discipleship and belief and repentance? And, uh, you know, we, we really... The churches of America lost their prophetic voice because they were populated for a number of years by preachers that uh, they either didn't believe the Bible and therefore didn't preach it, or maybe they did believe the Bible, but they didn't want to offend anybody and they didn't preach it. And liberalism began to infect our seminaries and graduate schools, and there was, I mean, without without being overly technical here, there was a, a higher criticism that basically said that the Bible was not historically accurate. And so it was the the empty pews that we see today are the result of several decades of the church's voice gone silent and the church's moral authority having been at, at best abdicated and at worst even lost. And, and we've got to get that back. The two things that can save this country, the home and the church, and we need to become champions for each. But, um, but can I uh, explore that a little bit and just ask you the question? Um, many evangelical, let's say religious leaders, urge us to, to find our own individual path to the God, whereas the Catholic Church, obviously, the road to God is through the church. But, sure. um, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm not, I said sure, yes, I agree. But, but, but uh, these seem to, in fact, uh, uh, create a, a fraction within, within America. Um, because, in effect, you, uh, you're... you're you're making us individuals rather than groups within church. I mean, and to me, that's that's dangerous because it breaks down uh, the 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 sense of community. Um, mm -hmm. Would you like to comment or explain it yeah. further? Because um, I'm here to learn from you. Well, uh, God bless you, and I'm I'm honored to be on with both of you. Uh, yeah, I, I do think that. There's been a certain autonomy in America that's almost become just this militant autonomy that that I do everything my way 
and you know I do things quote for myself. Um, I, I've been asked many times, you know, what does the Bible mean to you, or how did you come to God, or something like that? And in reality, while I do believe all people can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, but really we don't personally craft truth for ourselves. Um, One of the things that I do love and appreciate about the Catholic Church uh, is the the collective of truth, that it's not for any one of us to personally redefine truth to suit ourselves, but uh, they, they... you know, they've got canon law and doctrine uh, that, you know, is ex-cathedra. In other words, from out of the, the cathedral, from out of the church. So we're not to be militantly autonomous. We're not to say, well, I make my own truth, because we, we can't make our own truth. A world where everyone makes their own reality is lawlessness. And so... Um, while you know America has been in many ways about rugged individualism and personal liberty, but you know personal liberty does not absolve us of not only individual responsibility to morality to society to God, but also personal responsibility to truth. You know we, we might have our own opinion, but we don't all have our own set of facts, and so. Uh, the militant autonomy that is kind of almost part of the American DNA and mindset um, needs to be reeled in at least a little bit. Let me interject for a second regarding why America has gone downhill religiously. Two things, in my opinion. Liberation theology in the 70s and most important of all, the lack of any decent education in the schools and the universities regarding religion. And that was the failure of the parents, of every single parent in America, in not going to school or to the headmaster or to the university dealer and telling them, no, we don't accept your interpretation. If you teach, you have to teach the Bible the way it is taught. But they didn't do that. So what do you have? You have professors who are leftists, invariably leftist or globalist. And they took over the education system in the United States of America. Even today, as we're speaking, the most persecuted people on the planet are not Jews. They're Christians. By whom? By Muslims. And yet, every single church leader in America and in Europe, and especially Pope Francis, has not made the association between Islam and the destruction of Christianity. What do you think? I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, we're we're talking about a a number of things, but but you're right. Uh, American public education, not only grade school through high school public education, but uh, public universities, are just overwhelmingly anti-God, anti-patriotism, anti-America. Uh, oddly enough, pro-Islam. Oh my goodness! And uh, it's so funny because after 9/11, I thought, well, at least 
you know, after the terrorist attacks of 9-11, America would be discredited in the minds of, of American academics. And the, the, the ironic thing is, and I was heavily speaking on a lot of secular university campuses back then, uh, after 9-11, these liberal professors uh, praised Islam all the more. And, and th- they were saying, well, you know, this is the fault of, of America's insatiable desire for oil and fossil fuels. So to the question of how do we save America, moms and dads, I would beg and I would plead, uh, get your kids out from under the stranglehold of secular education, for one thing. Ben Shapiro, I interviewed Ben Shapiro, and um, he, he was on a show that we did, and he said college has become a, a four-year attack on America and God. And, and that's it's, true. It's a fact, in fact. I mean, look, I am in Europe, but I'm very much interested in America. Because without Americas, Western civilization will be dead. It's not an exaggeration, by the way. Without the United States of America, Western civilization would have been dead, World War One, World War Two, Nazi Germany, and the communist Soviet states. So that is an imperative. And what's happening in America today, the collapse of the economy, the coronavirus and everything else, is really has to be reversed. It's got to be reversed. And the only way to be reversed if Trump is taken over again in November. That's not an opinion. I don't, I don't have opinions. This is a fact. Because the leftists are destroying America. 24 7 365. They've been doing it since he, even before he became president. They wanted to impeach him before he became president. So the agenda is there. The point is Absolutely. this. How many uh, Americans... Sorry, go on. Sorry. Uh, do, do you feel like there's hope for, for Britain or for Europe? I mean, is, is Britain so far gone that, that the trend towards globalism and Islam is irreversible? Nothing is irreversible. If enough people wake up, don't forget, the, the Muslims in Europe are 10% or 11% on average. So you've got 89 to 90% who are the indigenous people. If the, indivi- if the indigenous people wake up, and the reason they're not waking up or haven't woken up is exactly the same reason in America. Because the news media in America and the news media in Europe are literally the enemies of the people. Donald Trump said they are fake. I've been saying they were enemies of the people for 12 years. In over 1,600 radio interviews I had with the United States of America, by the way. Over 1,600 radio interviews. I always said the news media are the enemies of the American people. They never tell this. If I can jump in here. You know, they actually had a... uh petition asking him to stop his daily uh, uh, broadcast during this epidemic. Well, thankfully, they only got 175,000 signatures, which uh, kind of tells you how the nation is going. But uh, it's, it's amazing. I, I want to back up uh, IQ on that point. Well, uh, I, I know that we're, we're about out of time here with Alex. Uh, Alex, before we let you go, how, how do we find you online and uh, get involved with you? Well, well thank you very much. Uh, yeah, on Facebook, I'm going to be, be doing a live stream tomorrow afternoon 
at uh, my Facebook page is Rev, R-E-V, Rev Alex McFarland. And on my website, which is simply alexmcfarland.com, sign up because I send out a lot of tweets, a lot of emails. Uh, listen, just in our brief time together, I, I can really appreciate you guys. And, and, sir, I'm with you. The news media, the liberal secular media, is the enemy of our Constitution and our freedoms. So thank you for giving me a, a little little time with you, and I, I appreciate it very much. I hope we can convene again. Maybe we ought to convene in, in Kansas and do a live broadcast from Kansas. <laughs> I don't know if I could get IQ to come to Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you oh, can hey, on me. Hey, uh, if I, we, we, can, we, we can go to New Jersey with Don's at. <laughs> if Don's Kansas, you can come to Kansas, IQ. <laughs> Well, Alex, I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for being with us, my friend. I really appreciate the hey, time. thank you. It, it's a privilege. Thank you very much. Definitely. Thank you. Have a good day. And uh, we are going to go to our next guest. We are going to go to Josh Bernstein. He is going to join us live uh, for the, the remainder of the uh, of the broadcast here. There he is, Josh. We, we, we've got Josh Bernstein with us today. We've also got our hosts, uh, our co-hosts, Don Mazzella and IQ Al Rizzoli, and and um, IQ was just chatting with our previous guest and was saying that the uh, well, actually, I I I, I want IQ to, to repeat uh, the, the what 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 did you call the news media IQ? The enemies of the people. That's it. <laughs> Uh, Josh, what, what what do you make of this? You're 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 a you're a radio TV guy. That's a polite way of saying it. I actually call them the prostitutes for the Democratic Party. That's actually what I like to call them. Or actually, you could call them the Chinacratic Party these days. Could I jump in here? I have no here? problem with any of them. <laughs> could I jump in here? Yes, go ahead. Who's a journalist sent me something yesterday, which is the New York Times coverage of this pandemic always ends with the the, uh, the line, um, blacks and Latinos suffering most. So um, uh, if you think about it, um, I think it's very accurate. If you read, if you read the Times as I, I uh, must do every day, it's a, uh, it can put your teeth on edge. Um, yeah. But uh, well, <laughs> I have renamed COVID nineteen the Chinese originated virus and infectious disease. Oh, how That's what it's. Uh, um, how PC uh, uh, you're you so un-PC yes I know and that's why they don't want you to say Wuhan China but I will go on record to say to anyone that this originated in Wuhan China and there's no problem about saying that because we label where diseases come from right Zika came from the Ugandan forest uh, Ebola came from Liberia in Africa. And so what's wrong with calling them where they're supposed to be from? Uh, again, this is just another way to bludgeon President Trump. Um, I think that the end goal here, believe it or not, is that the Democrats do not want their dementia-riddled nom- nominee to stand up there at their convention for 30 minutes speaking incoherently about why he's going to lead America and then ultimately get slaughtered 
by President Trump. So what are they doing? It's a full court press to stop the conventions. Now they're going to say, well, the Republicans should stop their convention for the betterment of the people. Why? Because they want to get people to vote from home so that they can steal the election. Um, Could I jump in here and make a prediction that uh, Joe Biden will not be the nominee? Yes, Um, it's a prediction. I, I, I don't know. I mean, look, I think that, you know, they, would, they, they don't want him to be. There's no question about it. But when you look at uh, who their alternative would be, you know, in Bernie, that's even worse. And then, of course, if they threw somebody in at the convention on the second vote and the superdelegates stole it away from him and they voted for someone like Andrew Cuomo, I mean, he's not much better. I mean, I'd, if I was uh, President Trump and his team, I'd be running that ad, America was never great. And then I would show how he wasn't prepared for this pandemic. And instead of buying 16,000 new ventilators, as Howard Zucker, his health city official, told him to do, he instead rationed them uh, and decided to do a color-coordinated system, which, by the way, they're still using today, but then he had no problem spending $750 billion on the uh, billion uh, so- solar, pack, uh, solar uh, factory in Buffalo, New York, which, by the way, was wrought with corruption and, and is already completely under and went out of business already anyway. So, he, you know, once you take a look at someone's record like that, uh, I don't think that's going to do much, uh, much better for them either. Uh, Josh, uh, I'll jump in here. I, I've, I've said I said a couple of months ago, and I'll still hold on to it. It's either going to be Newsom of California or Cuomo of New York uh, when all is said and done, because they cannot run Joe Biden. There was uh, on Fox last night, uh, uh, early uh, on the Ingram show, uh, there was uh, someone that said, "Where is uh, uh, Joe uh, Joe Biden in all of this?" And they ran a, a two-minute uh, thing of Biden on CNN. Mm-hmm. The, the very fact that he is—he uh, has not been for, uh, front and center on this for the Democratic Party tells you he cannot be the the candidate. I mean, uh, I'd love him to be because uh, I think uh, Trump will run all over him. But. Um, mm-hmm. I truly believe the Democrats will do. Uh, here in New Jersey, they pulled it when um, a few years ago, uh, when they, their senatorial candidate was found to be uh, crooked. They uh, quickly changed to uh, Frank Lautenberg, who had retired. Who had retired. The Democrats understand what has to be done to win elections much more so than the Republicans, and I'm I'm firmly convinced. That by the t- time the convention, which you, you know they uh, postponed to August 6th, by that time they will have convinced um, uh, Biden to withdraw because of his health, and they'll be able to bring in another candidate. And that's why Bernie hasn't pulled out of the race, because he knows that's right. going to happen. Right. Well, here's the thing. You know, in, in 2016, 12% of, uh, you know, uh, Bernie supporters voted for President Trump. And now, with Joe Biden being the nominee, that number is north of 17%. I mean, that's over 334,000 votes in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin combined. 
So, you know, look, let's hope that it is Joe. But I will say this. This is the worst case of elder abuse I have ever witnessed. <laughs> I mean, truly, it is. It's sad. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's really a terrible thing. And if anyone still loves this guy and cares about him, you know, they would put him out to pasture and say, look, man, you, your time is done. You know, you're making a fool of yourself. It's an embarrassment to the party. And we need to kind of, you know, put you aside, and you need to let somebody else do this. Are they going to do that? I don't know. I would assume they will, because who knows? He might not even be alive when it comes to the time for the election. And, and I don't mean that to be morbid or, or, or wrong, but my father went through dementia. And I'll tell you right now, Joe Biden is in stage two, if not stage three. And if he's in stage three, there's not much longer to go. I watched my father become a, you know, a, a mumbling, incoherent person towards the end. And Joe's not quite there yet, thank goodness for him, but he's on the way. Okay, he's on the way. I mean, these, these angry outbursts and confusion, this is all part of it. And again, I think this is the worst case of elder abuse I've ever seen. I've never heard it put that way, Josh. Can I steal it in my next uh, time on the air? Because it's, it is such a, uh, it is so truthful and such a great word picture. Uh, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> uh, well, can I? Can we jump for a minute and just ask, what do you think about the job that President Trump is doing? I think he's doing a fantastic job. Uh, I think the fact that now the economy has lost all of its uh, gains from the time he was elected till now, I mean, you just got 6.6 .6 million more unemployed. You're looking at 10 million people unemployed. That's worse, by the way, than the 29 stock market crash and the, and the, and the depression already. And so this is an unsustainable thing. I believe that more people will die not from the virus, but from staying at home and being out of work and committing suicide and, and, you know, social, you know, discombobulation and all the things that will end up happening if this continues. This is an unsustainable thing. So I think that they're going to bludgeon him with uh, attack ads saying that the America First agenda failed and that, you know, uh, basically, you know, he, you know, the economy, we're in the worst depression ever under the great President Trump. I mean, you know, the ads are going to be absolutely vicious. I think the American people are smart enough to understand that it wasn't his fault. And I think he's going to be, you know, smart enough to do, uh, you know, the counterpunching, if you will, and ads and things like that to show how great it was until this happened, and then really paint the Democrats as the ones that said, you know, for instance, in New York, you know, uh, our preparedness is very high and our risk is very low, and if you're 50 years of age, as the blowhard said, don't worry about it, go about your business. Uh, Nancy Pelosi saying what, you know, go out to Chinatown, we're here. I mean, you know, they were so wrong on so many levels. That needs to be uh, addressed, of course. And then the convention. I mean, look, they don't want uh, Biden to be at that convention because they know the American people are going to be able to see him stuttering and stumbling all over the place, and there's no chance that he has. And so that's why they're trying to stop this. Plus, they want voting from home so they can steal the election and control the votes. I mean, you don't have to be a genius to figure this stuff out. Well, you know, uh, I just wrote a piece for USA Today, 
and uh, which I said, uh, actually, you know, when people uh, enact things like that, expecting one thing, sometimes the effect uh, is just the opposite. I don't think that uh, uh, all these voter changes are going to be as negative to the Republican Party as it's made out to be. Um, um, because what you're going to do is bring uh, voters closer to the ballot box, and that and who, um, if you look at who votes, the, the uh, percentage-wise, um, groups favorable to the Republicans vote on higher percentages than groups that are not favorable. Uh, just that's my thought. It's an interesting thought. And by the way, if you ever want to do a story that you're going to write and you want to interview me and, and put it on USA Today, I would love to do that just to let you know. But I, I think that uh, having people vote from home is much more dangerous because many people that don't vote will then vote, you know, because it's easier and more convenient. And, and I hate to say this, but in our society, when more people vote and, and take place in the voting process, we usually have more negative results. Case in point, Obama for two terms, right? I mean, you had many minorities come out and vote for him. You had youth come out and vote for him. And when that happens, uh, a lot of times they cancel out our well-informed votes. Now, I'm not saying that we should bar people from voting, but I am saying that a lower turnout election is typically better for the prospect of liberty and prosperity marching on. Couldn't agree with you more, but can I, um, uh, but could I um, uh, kind of give you a counterpoint to that? If we, if either one of the candidate, the Republican candidates, had been of higher quality, uh, even with that change, um, uh, with with what what you're saying, uh, uh, certainly Obama would not have won won a second term if we had if the Republicans had had a better candidate. Um, the, I would agree with that. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, if President Trump ran in 2012, maybe uh, maybe that would have been it. Yeah, you're right. Um, I just, uh, it, you know, I'm, we're, we're talking here, and I love this program because we're bringing some, some such people um, as yourself, Josh. But uh, I kill you, keeping quiet. Please don't let me jump over. Ah, no, 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 no. I, listen, I'm here to learn just as much as you are. I love what Josh is saying because that's music to my ears. By the way, Josh, if you were debating any of the candidates, even not. Though you're not Trump, you'd still be the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I've always said, and again, I'm not saying this to brag or anything, but I'm always saying that if I ran for Congress, I would win the seat because I would intellectually eviscerate any one of my opponents in, in a debate. Then I would go to Congress. Then I'd become a senator. And then after that, I'd run for president, and I likely would win because I would tell the American people the truth, no matter how painful it was, and I would be politically un you know, incorrect, kind of like Trump is, but I would be even a little bit more tactful and a little bit more intellectually advanced in my responses with the media and things like that uh, if I did that. But I, again, I, you know, look, I, I like what I do. I love being able to kind of report on these people and expose these people and, uh, you know, do my exposés and interview famous people and stuff from, from afar, if you will, rather than being a candidate. It's kind of like, you know, not wanting to go to the Bunker Bundy Ranch 
or uh, the, the uh, Mohair uh, Wildlife Refuge and get arrested with all the other people, I'd rather be the person in the media that's reporting on it, okay? I don't want to be in the story. I want to report on the story. So, um, you know, I, I think I'm better served in that capacity. You are better served, yes, but you're not serving America better. Because I would rather have you in Congress. <laughs> <laughs> I think I am in a different way because I'm opening up people's hearts and minds. I'm changing hearts and minds. I, I can't tell you how many hundreds of thousands of people have watched my show and after a couple of weeks have been like, wow, you've opened my, my entire world up to things that I didn't know. And I'm creating more of a conservative America by doing that. So. Uh, you know, it, it's a labor of love. I love what I do. I'm a superhero that doesn't wear a cape, and uh, I love saving the country. I mean, I've never served in the military, but I feel like in some respects, uh, certainly not the same degree, I serve each and every day by exposing the people that are trying to steal our liberty and prosperity and freedoms away. Well, and, yeah. and, and me, me, media, media Matters loves the hell out of you. Oh, my God. Have you seen the last one? My goodness. Not only did Right Wing Watch attack me, because I said what I said. I said the truth. I said, look, impeachment with, um, I'm sorry, with the Russia investigation didn't work. The Ukraine didn't work. They tried to impeach him. That didn't work. So what naturally is next? Well, let's shut down the entire economy. Let's stop his rallies. Let's absolutely destroy the, the country. And let's try to get someone else in there that can win, and we can bludgeon him with this. And I said that, and I said this a couple of weeks ago. So Right Wing Watch attacks me. Then the Des Moines Register does a full-page fact-check <laughs> against me. And then the USA Today picked it up. And then some paper in Australia, it was called AJAC, the Australia-Israeli Political Action Committee or something, wrote this scathing article, and the title was The Other Contagion. <laughs> they actually called me a contagion. Then they put me in an image with David Duke, the Ayatollah, uh, a cleric from Iraq, and somebody else. So, look, I wear it all as a badge of honor. I mean, you know, they can attack me all they want. The people that attack the truth are the real extremists. You know, I look at that camera every single day. I sleep like a baby at night because I know that I'm telling the truth. And I always say the same thing. I could be right 99 times. And if I'm wrong one time, my audience is going to remember the one time I was wrong, not the 99 times I was right. And so I make sure that I double, triple, quadruple every single one of my sources. I don't do conspiracy stuff. You'll never see me report on Q or anything like that. To me, Q is nothing but the 17th letter of the alphabet. And so I'm very careful. <laughs> I only awesome. cover things that I can see, that I can read, that I can verify. Once I know it's true and real and verified, that's when I report it, and I feel good about it. You are my alter ego. <laughs> <laughs> I do the same thing. I swear well, to good. And then you are right. They will never yeah. remember the 99% you are right, or you are correct. They will remember the one time you failed. James, yep. I need the link to this gentleman. Oh yes, I will. I will hit you up and send you all the. Uh, I'll connect yeah. you with Josh. We'll communicate, Josh. I will communicate with you because I would like to talk to you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, that's not a problem at all. If you're stuck at home and you want to binge watch the show, you can go to Roku TV. You know, Roku t Television. Yes. On your Roku device, if you have it, 
and you can add the channel for free and uh, I have everything categorized nice I've got new releases I've got best interviews and then I have best investigative shows and you can just scroll right through them and watch to your heart's content now uh, so, so no go, go, go ahead I, I can jump in there sorry Josh I have written an article it's my magnum opus about Islam I will send you the start of it it's devastating not because I said so it is it's the complete destruction of Islam based on the Quran what do you think could you publish it if you like it um, well it's not that I would publish it I would maybe do a story on it I okay. mean I do I do television so I don't I don't like to write <laughs> it's too much time but I do love to write my you know my uh, my segments and then I record them so we could do that or possibly I could have you on and as a guest Please, I would love and, to. and and you could discuss it that way uh, I've interviewed dr. Judy Jasser twice I've interviewed Waleed Shabbat once uh, Tafiq Hamid uh, I've interviewed so I've interviewed a couple of folks that um, Waleed uh, Farez a bunch of folks that uh, have been um, I guess you could say sounding the alarm bells uh, against uh, radical Islam so all you have to do is Google Al-Rasuli A-L-R-A-S-S double O-L-I and you will find everything there now, now, Josh, you're also a uh, spokesman for a uh, for an organization. Talk to us a little about these guys. Yes, AMAC, uh, the Association of Mature American Citizens, uh, really a fantastic group. A lot of folks don't realize that once you hit retirement age, you don't have to deal with AARP. You don't have to sign up for them. There is a a conservative alternative, and that is the Association of Mature American Citizens. And uh, they can be found at amac.us. They are fighting each and every day against creeping Obamacare. They're fighting each and every day against things like Medicare for All. And they're there to make sure that seniors in particular have more power, more choice, and, of course, more freedom in their health care choices and decisions. So check them out at amac.us, or you can call them toll-free. 888-262-2006. 888-262-2006. Again, 888-262-2006. Tell them that you heard about AMAC on the Jiggy Jaguar program, and they'll even give you a free one-year introductory membership just for mentioning the Jiggy Jaguar program. Again, it is amac.us. Fantastic. Now, uh, now, Don, I know that you're, uh, you've got a lot of things going on. Uh, g- g- give us some updates, my friend. Well, something new that uh, we're doing, we're putting together, and we encourage anybody, uh, a list of uh, robotic uh, toys and AI toys for children that we're we're working with a major uh, book uh, uh, seller to put together a recommended list and a little a program uh, of, for parents so they can uh, find books or uh, toys or um, uh, kits that they can bring to their uh, children to encourage them to adapt robotics as part of the uh, curriculum and part of their everyday life. Uh, there are very good programs for after school. As you know, the, the National Robotics Education Foundation wants to encourage robotics inside the curriculum, but now we're, we're working with the parents as well. And that's really starting to, to take off. 
and the, uh, and you can see it all on the hyphen nref.org. Um, you know, there's the two SB Digest, and then again, there's my uh, my program, um, Small Business Digest, which is t on 24/7, just like Jiggy. Yeah, that's enough for me. <laughs> well, uh, well, Josh, I appreciate you joining us here at the uh, uh, here on the show. And IQ and Don, I will talk to you guys next week, and I will connect IQ and uh, Josh and uh, Don on email as soon as we are done here. And uh, thanks to everybody. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank no you. No problem. My pleasure. Appreciate it. There they go, Don Mazzella, IQ Al Rizzoli, and of course Josh Bernstein. And that about wraps it up here from our big program. We're going to get off the old Twitch. I, get, I, 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 I don't get the sign deals like, uh, like, like Bubba the Love Sponge with, uh, with, with, with some radio guy that's going to stream it on Twitch. I don't get to do those kind of things. But I get to do all this other stuff. So there you go. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.